This is Kyle Brown with the Superintendent Radio Network. I'm here today with Dr. Eric Miltner, Bob Raley, and Brandon Green, all agronomists for Agrium. Today we want to talk a little bit about four R's of nutrient stewardship. Dr. Miltner, could you do a quick description here? What are the four R's of nutrient stewardship? Well, you know, the four R's really are nothing new. They're concepts that have been around for a long time. Tying them together under this sort of tagline with the four R's sort of neatens everything up and puts it in one place that's easy to understand. But the four R's are applying the right fertilizer product at the right time, at the right rate, in the right place. That's something that a lot of superintendents need to keep in mind as, as they're putting together their programs for the year, obviously. How can superintendents kind of implement that idea of uh, controlling those four R's to get the, the best out of their grass? I think most superintendents instinctively use the four R's. Invariably what happens is from time to time, mistakes are made. And when we make mistakes, we can look to one of the four R's where we've made a mistake. Perhaps it's been the wrong product, or it was the wrong product for the wrong location. Or, and, and maybe probably the, the most common mistake would maybe be the wrong rate at the wrong time. That Those sorts of things happen. So I, I think instinctively we use those four R's. We just, we make some mistakes from time to time in, in picking the wrong thing at the wrong time. What's something that a superintendent can do to check to see when they should be using a particular fertilizer? Well, you know, all grasses have seasonal growth cycles, and so it's important to match your nutrition program with the growth cycle of, of the grass. So for cool season grasses, primary periods of growth are in the spring and the fall. Growth in the summer tends to slow down when it's hot. For warm season grasses, it's the opposite. Most of the growth happens in the summer, and you know all superintendents know these things. And it's just a matter of matching up your fertilizer program with those growth cycles so you can get efficient use of, of the fertilizer nutrients that you're applying. Well, and there are so many fertilizers available commercially. Are the 4Rs just applicable to synthetic products? How do the 4Rs apply to organic or all-natural fertilizers? Organic fertilizers are largely portioned off of temperature, so that's a good, important key of when you throw those out, as well as you have to determine if you're starting an organic regime it's usually generally better to go out with higher rates the first year or two that you use them so that you can build up nitrogen in the soil uh, and, and release those. But things as well as such as heavy metals, some of these uh, products have certain heavy metals you may want to avoid applying them uh, at large rates and things like that in certain areas, especially close to waterways. Density is less in these products and, and you can have some good runoff if you have a flash flood per se right after you apply them. I would also add that different types of fertilizers, they all have different mechanisms that control their, their release and how they release in the environment. And it's important to understand those mechanisms, how they work, and, and that helps managers to be able to plan when to use them, what to expect out of them, and how plants are going to respond. What are some of the consequences of poor nutrient management on a golf course? I think there are some obvious two most obvious answers that I would go to are economic and environmental. Obviously, if you're, if you're poorly managing your nutrients, you could be wasteful. That's wasteful economically, but then that also ultimately turns into a, a negative impact on the environment. If you're putting down products in the wrong way and they're not being utilized the right way, they're going the wrong places, and that, that means a, a negative impact on our environment. That is that's something we really have to focus on, is, is trying to put these down to, 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 to be the best environmental stewards we can. It is something that all superintendents need to be able to do anyway, being the best environmental steward, as you say, as they can. 
what are some ways that superintendents can really manage those, manage that effectiveness? There are a lot of differences in fertilizer technology out there. And if you understand the way they work, you can use you can use those differences and the characteristics of each type of fertilizer to your advantage. And generally, you know, we know that slow and controlled release fertilizers can be a very efficient way to fertilize. We see generally fewer nutrient losses in the environment, more uptake by the plant. So, you know, you can use what you know about different types of products to, to get better nutrient use efficiency, get more nutrient into the plant, and less waste. How does that support some of the new state fertilizer regulations? I know we've got a lot to worry about in the upcoming year. Yeah, that's an interesting question, and this is really gaining steam around the country. You know, it started off with phosphorus really, phosphorus being regulated, and now as we look into the, the mid-Atlantic region and the northeast, we see nitrogen as much more of an issue. A lot of states, a lot of local governments are passing ordinances that limit nitrogen use, and a lot of them restrict the amount of soluble nitrogen versus the amount of slow-release nitrogen that you can apply. And so it's important to understand those regulations, what applies in your area. Um, in many cases, managers need to be applying a certain percentage of slower controlled release nitrogen, and that's important. In particular, in some of the mid-Atlantic states, some of the new ordinances allow enhanced efficiency fertilizers, which is, which is sort of a, a broad descriptive term that encompasses slow and controlled release fertilizers. These ordinances allow enhanced efficiency fertilizers to be applied at higher rates than if you're not using enhanced efficiency fertilizer. So it's important to understand that, how the regulations apply to you, and how those regulations allow you to use certain products and certain technologies. Uh, would you recommend that superintendents maybe talk to people in their chapters or uh, others in their area so that they might be able to understand what their area is up against with those uh, regulations? Yeah, I think that's probably a really good idea. I know I live in, in the Maryland area, and we've had a lot of these regulations put in place. You know, again, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Virginia, these have all these rules and laws have all been put in place over the last year. And to the best of my understanding, the, the local chapters have been extremely involved, and also local state university professors have all been heavily involved in trying to formulate these, help influence these regulations to encourage them to be environmentally responsible, but also work with, with with what's appropriate for uh, golf course superintendents to do. And I think we've, they've been fairly successful. I think with, with the use of the proper enhanced efficiency fertilizers, mo most golf courses should be able to easily work within the, the new regulations. I think we covered a lot of stuff today, so I really appreciate all your guys' help. Uh, thanks for being with me today. All right. Thanks, Kyle. Thanks. thanks.